There we go. It's... Welcome into McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski. What it is. Sorry about uh, the little technical <laughs> issue there. That's yeah, the first time. Somehow, I don't know exactly how me and I think it was Lunsford back in Birmingham <laughs> figured it out. Still not really sure, but here we are. So, uh, you should have just unplugged it and plugged it back in. That usually works. That would not have worked with this. I pay a guy a lot of money for him to tell me that. Yeah, that would not have worked <laughs> for this. I can tell you that. We appreciate everybody being in the stream with us. Thank you for your patience. I know everybody got some jokes in. Believe it or not, I actually stayed fairly calm in that. So, shit. Did I? You I did got good. mad at you one time for making a joke. You, I, hey, like, I don't need you, you jumping on me. I wasn't jumping on you. I think it's funny. You know, you were like this one other time. You were like that at uh, when we went to South. Oh, yeah, and did yeah. the South Troy game last year. Well, it took three hours then to get it to go. So this time it took just, 15 minutes. I was just sitting over there drinking beer while y'all were. <laughs> Does that make you mad when I have, I cannot help you? No. no. I, I have no help for you. But Cole and I, that day, Cole and I just had to tell you to shut the hell up. <laughs> Leave us alone. All right. So we're, uh, we're with you. Appreciate uh, everybody being with us. We're brought to you by Rain, Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits. And achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. A little bit about our shows. If many of you are are new, we've been. This is our ninety sixth episode of this show. The first ninety five episodes were on MPW Digital. Appreciate all the people who watched us on MPW Digital, who listened to us on MPW Digital. I will get this out of the way up front. This is not an Ole Miss show. You don't have to worry about that. I've you don't have people, to worry about it with me for sure. <laughs> I've had people ask me, is this going to be an Ole Miss show? It's not going to be an Ole Miss show. I'm sure at times we will talk about Ole Miss because Ole Miss plays in the SEC and we talk a lot of SEC. Ole Miss plays college football. We talk a lot of college football. But no, it will not be that show. If that's a concern, you can wipe that one away. Yeah, we'll have fun. We'll talk about football, uh, ghosts, um, conspiracy theories. All kinds of good stuff. We'll have a good time. If you're not, when you when you get off this thing, if you're not completely entertained, I quit. <laughs> That's what we're here to do. Let you forget about whatever you got going on for an hour or so. So a little going. background on us. I'm Neil McCready. Uh, I uh, work for Rivals.com. My background is uh, a lot of you guys, if you're in the state of Alabama, you might know me from back a long time ago. Uh, I got my start in journalism basically in Birmingham. I covered Auburn for the Birmingham Post-Herald. Uh, for one year, and then for the Mobile Register for five. I then was, I guess, promoted to a uh, columnist and covered the SEC as a whole for another five before uh, moving here to Oxford in 2008. Uh, I have a podcast called the Oxford Exxon Podcast. We're 10 years old. Been podcasting since before podcasting was cool. So doing a lot of that, live stream. Uh, super excited about this opportunity to join Ryan Brown and Jim Dunaway and Lance Taylor and all the people at Disrupt. Um, the next round, all those guys, I've been watching them closely the last couple of years, cheering for them, not just because they're my friends, but because I think it's the future of media, certainly the future of sports media. I've been doing this show with Tyler now for a year and a year plus. Tyler is um, former, um, I guess you were the personnel director at Alabama. Is that was your title? Yes, that was my title. I forget my titles. As long as the zeros in the check are right and the commas are in the right place, I, they could call me whatever. But, yes, I ran recruiting in Alabama. Ran recruiting in Alabama. Uh, then 
you came to Ole Miss. I guess you were at Ole Miss with Hugh Freeze before you went to Alabama. I was with Hugh at Arkansas State and Ole Miss. Um, came back with Matt Luke and then uh, have retired. You also have some on-the-field coaching experience. You're the wide receivers coach at, um, at, well, at uh, South Arkansas Alabama. State, South Alabama. Um, and Northwestern. Northwestern State. Northwestern State. Forkham Demons. Don't don't leave out my demons. And I was a high school coach on the greatest high school football team to ever be assembled. The Rustin Bearcats? The 2007 oh. St. Paul Saints in Mobile, Alabama. So, yeah, that's that's about us. So, we uh, that's our background. Tyler's the football guy. I just sort of steer the ship. We have a bet competition, a, a picks competition that we did last year that I lost by 12 games. I will lose it again this year. Just so you know, we are still in the process of debating what my punishment will be at the conclusion of that loss. Yeah. So we're still working on that. So Corey's are already in here. It didn't take long. He says Tyler also has a sweet pair of binoculars. So uh, Kelsey and the people um, at Disrupt Media, if I if I don't get a freaking Bushnell deal out of this deal, <laughs> I'm going to be highly pissed off. <laughs> I have to be the face of Bushnell, right? I would think and so. We've got like a 10-year special anniversary uh, pair that we can roll out. It's crystal clear from 100 yards away. <laughs> I have some somewhere, and I was going to put them on I'll the table. I'll wear ta- them every day. I was going to put them on the table today, and I, I, it obviously slipped my mind. I will straight Ricky Bobby this thing. I'll be like, what am I doing with my hands? I don't care. We'll do it. All right, let's crank this thing up. Let's get in some football, and then we'll get with uh, our special guest here in just a second. All right. Um, all right, so really important day. Um, got a lot of – obviously a lot of coaches for people who are new. A lot of coaches listen to our show um, all across the country. Uh, they've been on for a while, but – First day of class hits at a lot of places either today or this week. With a new portal and everything that's going on, look, I'm going to say this, and if you know a kid out there, if you're if you're a, rep, a representative street agent listening to the show, dude, kid, don't do anything stupid and go on the portal and waste a year. I see so many kids that they get bad news. You know, now we, we live in this world where we got to be their friend. We can't be their coach anymore. You have to right. be their friend. So right. they're going to get bad news that they're not the starting quarterback. They're going to go hit the panic button and go in the portal. Well, you can't even do anything right now. Yeah, now's not the time to get now's in the portal. Now's not the time. So De- December's the time to get in the portal if use, you're going to get in. Yeah, use this year and develop and be a good player when it's time to go. Be a good soldier, yep. go develop, learn, take the year to learn, and then move on if you want to move on at the end of the year. But so many kids just throw in the towel right now. Well, it's the people around them that it, tell them in, in many ways that, you know, hey, you, you should go quit when the reality is, no, you should not go quit. Now's not the time to quit. Now's the time to go, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend extra time. I'm going to take take advantage of, of the facilities, the resources. I'm going to get in the weight room. I'm going to work out extra. I'm going to do all of those things. And then I'm going to get on the practice field. And when I get reps, I'm going to try to get as good as I can so that I, when I get in the portal, I can go somewhere. And also so that one of two things is going to happen if you do that. One, you're going to improve and they're not going to want you to get in the portal. Or two, well, you may end up finding your way playing too. Right. Or what I was going to say is the coaches will at least appreciate the effort that you put in. And when it comes time to, for them to process you, they'll help you find a home. I just saw that a lot last year. Um, and I was really disappointed. I thought a lot of kids packed it in during camp. And I mean, I'll, I won't say names, but I know for a fact there were kids that were asked to go in the game and play. And they're like, no, not doing it. And it just, I don't understand that. So the people around you, if, if you know somebody in college, encourage them. If they don't get the news that they want this week and when they start splitting off, because camp's ended, everybody's going to start progressing toward the season. If you're not where you want to be on the depth chart, hey, I got a great idea. Hey, let's try to do something about it and try to move yourself up. Let's do that. All right. Uh, did you watch any NFL preseason games this weekend, Neil? I did not. I watched a handful of snaps 
of Chargers. So this is to be out. This listen, I love the NFL. Love it. I will watch tons of NFL when the games actually count. Chargers Saints last night. Like I saw on Twitter, you watched. I watched like ten snaps. Okay. And then Carson, my son, came down, and he's like looking at me like, so. uh what, what, what are we the doing? last episode of the bachelor was off what are we doing with the tv here and i was like uh i was like you can turn it and he was like picked up the remote and immediately turned it to uh major league soccer so all right i'm a football junkie you know that you are and the i may be the biggest football junkie on the planet ask me how many snaps of the preseason i watched this weekend i know the answer but i'll play along for it's the show how many zero point zero i just can't do it like there's a couple things that i'm watching because i want to see whether people can get jobs or not but in terms of like sitting and watching a preseason game, number one, it's super vanilla, which you'd expect. Number two, like once the about the second quarter rolls around, I don't know who any of those cats are. It's hard for I figured out what it is. I cannot watch a game where nothing is on the line. Now, I love the NFL once it starts, but you know at the end of the year when you always have the team that's the number one seed and they got it locked up and they don't play anybody the last weekend, I don't watch that game either. If nothing is on the line, I, I have a tough time getting into it. Now, maybe this is just me being sick and sadistic. All right. I literally, my life for 20 years was a scoreboard business. Yeah. All right. And it is the ultimate gamble. You're gambling the, your bills, your way you feed your kids on winning a football game. It's the ultimate gamble. You're gambling life on winning football games. Yeah, of course. And so when there's nothing on the line, I have a tough time, man. Not, yeah. I have a tough time watching. Because um, the scoreboard doesn't matter in the preseason. And that makes the, the if, if the final score just doesn't matter, it's hard to watch it. Yeah, I, I just can't. So, but hey, by gosh, we got week zero here. Now, with yeah. that being said, tonight I will I will peak for a minute tonight. We got the Baltimore Ravens playing the Washington Commanders the Redskins, the football team, and whatever name they're going to next year. We're going uh, – the the Ravens is very interesting. Yeah. They're, they're only a point-and-a-half favorite tonight. Okay. All right? So far, I'm not interested. But they've won 24 straight games What's in the preseason. Well, if you're only favored by a point-and-a-half and, and you've won 24 straight, hey. That streak's on the line. I might have to, I might have to roll. Well, it's just a point-and-a-half. they got to win. Although, in the preseason, you can tie. So, that's, you know, that's, that's <laughs> off. But – I mean, somebody's got to win, don't you think? I mean, if they've won 24 straight, a point and a half, wouldn't you take that wager? Feels like they do. Yeah. I think they're – no, i got to take them. I'm going to take them to the Ravens minus one and a half tonight just for fun, for All five right. bucks. Okay. So, um, did you have a good weekend, though? Um, yeah. I had a good weekend. Um, trying to think what I did. I didn't do much. I worked on some, uh, worked on some football stuff, uh, getting ready for the start of the season, and um, – did some prep to get ready for today. Obviously, not enough. Hey, <laughs> I didn't. I text our special guest, by the way. Okay, so he'll. I was I was nervous about connecting today, and I, I guess I should have uh, I should have been a little more nervous than I was. Um, but no, I did that. Had a little one last kind of pool weekend. One last weekend, but it was so hot. It was so hot at the pool. Dude, it's ridiculous. They, uh, yeah, I did. Uh, we had. Uh, football Friday night, a little jamboree reaction to high school. Little little nut was out there. Um, hang on, Jeff's text me. He says two minutes, so hop on. That was fun. Um, so uh, did that, and then watched a little golf. UFC. I know things that Neil don't care about for for. So for $100. the people that for the people that are new to our show, uh, your son Knox plays football for Oxford Brock, High School. Brock. Brock. Yeah, Brock. If Knox plays football for Oxford High School, be very impressive because he's yeah. seven. So. 
No, but he did but, football, and then I had to take him to baseball yesterday, dude. It's I was it was brutal. It was a hundred and something degrees out there yesterday. So yeah, uh, my son Carson has a. They've got a soccer tournament in Clinton, Mississippi, this weekend, and the high on Saturday in Clinton is one hundred three. And so I'm curious to see what happens with said soccer tournament. Yeah, watching high school football is very hard for me. Why? Schematics. Just it's very hard to watch it. Like you're sitting there and you're going, like you could score every play if you wanted to. Uh oh, here comes our special guest, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, joining. Whenever we get the button, there he is. Joining the show for special edition of Mayhem Monday, the Minister of Defense himself, Jeff Collins. Jeff, what is happening, my brother? What's going on, Jeff? I'm good. How are you? Oh, let's see what we got. What we rock? What gear we rocking today? I got a equipment versus the world hat. And uh, a Guinness Rugby Six Nations t-shirt. <laughs> Let's go. Here we talk about a little uh, week zero action and figure uh, I dress accordingly. I love it. I love it. Are, right. you, a, are you a Guinness guy? I'm not. I thought it was a cool t-shirt. <laughs> it is a cool I'm t-shirt. A rugby dude. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Guinness? Uh, it's okay. I don't do the, I, I don't do the stuff that looks like I'm drinking charcoal. It's it's okay. Yeah, there, there are other stouts that I like a lot better than Guinness, but Guinness will do. I'm, I'm not going to be that big of a beer snob. All right, it's Mayhem Monday. Our good friend Jeff Collins is going to join us. We're going to talk some ball. So, guys that like like real football talk, here we go. And some of you guys will geek out. And if, and if you don't know what we're uh, talking about, I, and Neil will remind me if we get too geeky, and then we will we will try to do the Cliff Notes version. How about that? Okay. All right. All right, so first thing I want to talk to you, we got week zero coming. All right, right. Jeff's defensive coordinator. Uh, I've been an offensive guy, so I want to talk to Jeff a little bit about the one of the most exciting games I'm looking forward to watching is Notre Dame and Navy this weekend. Okay. All right, so I have a very bad experience on staffs playing against the triple option, and so I wanted to get let's, – let's break this thing down because I don't think the fans understand that. Uh, talk to me about basic about prepping for triple option and how much different it is for you as a defensive coordinator or head coach as opposed to just traditional offense. Yeah, and it, my history with it goes way back. I played in the Southern Conference, and if anybody doesn't know the Southern Conference when I was in it, playing and coaching, Georgia Southern was in it, the yeah. Citadel was in it, Wofford was in it, and so you saw the triple option, you know, 40% of your schedule, that's what you were going against uh, as a player and as a coach. And uh, when I was the head coach at Temple, uh, we played Army and Navy uh, while we were there. So that's uh, – you know, it's a it's an interesting prep, um, but there there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, you know, the the biggest thing back in the day, every single defense that you installed to your players, you went chapter and verse of dive quarterback pitch in every single thing you did, whether you were going to play a triple team uh, or not. And uh, you know, when you see one of those teams show up on your schedule, you make sure every time you install you're going through that so the guys get used to hearing it. All right, did it change with you? Because this is where I've been on both sides of it. As a coach, I remember we played Navy in the middle of the season, um, and then we played Air Force in the bowl game. Did you you change your your prep? Okay, when you got a – because I know Dave Womack, you know, I remember 
Uh, they've played them before. And I remember him talking about how different of prep was, I guess, for the style of prep when you have more time as opposed to a couple right. of days. What, what, what did you do differently when you had a short period of time versus a bowl game or the first game of the season like Notre Dame has? Sure. So it's, you know, usually know that they're going to be on your schedule uh, before the season even starts, before spring ball even starts. So I'm not – I'm one of those defense coordinators that hates pursuit drills. I hate doing them. I hate running them. I hate watching them. Your players uh, love you. <laughs> Said your but, players love uh, you. Yeah. But uh, whenever we would, you know, get ready for a, a triple team, we would do pursuit drills even during spring ball, preseason camp, and that's a way that you can – get the principles in place, go over all your defenses in a non-contact, non-cutting uh, period, and you're just getting the guys ready to start learning that terminology. And I think, back to your original question, uh, one of the worst times to play a triple option team. He did it. His, yep. his phone's got, like, diseases on our – on our. Uh, he'll, he'll buzz right back in. Yeah, he'll buzz back in. He's got a – he had a connection issue the last time. There he is. Thought, Here we go, boys. Uh, oh, hey, you're you're only you're only uh, it's only you on this show that does this. So it's got to be the ghost is following him to his house. Could be. I yeah. think that's what it is. So the 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 triple option prep, the worst is when you're one week to get ready during the season. Yeah. The best is when you've got a bye week. You know, because that way the guys get a little bit of rest. You can go over it during that bi-week period, and then hit the ground running the week before. Uh, the second best is kind of like Notre Dame's experience in right now, where it's the first game of the season. So everybody's excited about the first game. Whatever you're going to do, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, be ready for it. There's a little bit of maybe a little too much uh, having four weeks of a preseason to get ready for it. Uh, and the absolute worst time to get ready for the triple is in a bowl game. Because the guys are wanting to go on the beach and they want to hang out. They're not really wanting and concerning themselves with playing the cut block all day during practice and dive quarterback pitch. They want to be enjoying the bowl. So that's the, my opinion, the levels of prep to get ready for this. That's a really good point. That's what was the next question. kind of led me into that next question right there. How, how much has defending the triple? Because this is something I'm so curious about with the new clock rules coming in because I think it can be – you're talking about, you know, your armies, your navies, your air forces. You're talking about they can really shorten games now. Okay. They've always shortened oh, yeah. games, but now they can really shorten games. How yep. different is it defending the triple on the perimeter with no cut blocks on the perimeter now? Like, cause I, I remember like it, it never fails. Like I used to, I was used to laugh at them because I'd be in offense and defense would go over and it never failed. Every whether it was Kane, Dave, whoever was the uh, coordinator. You would start that circuit where they're rolling the balls across the freaking field and they're having to defend cut blocks. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. And so now your safeties can come that can run that alley and tee off on those guys in the slot. And that's why I was curious, yep. like how how much has that changed in your opinion, defending the triple? Yeah, it, it's 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 huge. Yeah. I still remember when we were at Temple, you know, we'd give those scouts and receivers uh, an extra Snickers. Yeah. If they could get one of the corners on the ground and they would just pester the heck out of them going out there and trying to grab their ankles and trying to trip them up. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the way football is played, it's really four ways. It's size, power, speed, and quickness, 
right? Those are the four yeah. ways that you build a program in some level of hierarchy. Well, the triple option flips that where it goes quickness, speed, power, then size in the inverse order. Well, you take the cut block out of the equation. Well, your advantage of quickness, you can be undersized. You can um, have smaller linemen, smaller slot backs because you can just cut. Well, now when you got to go, it's strength against strength, power against power, and you got to, you know, man somebody up on the perimeter. Yeah. Things get a little bit different out there. Yeah, I got in trouble. I got in trouble uh, Friday night uh, when I got home. Um, this really bothers me, by the way. Jeff, if you come up with a cure for this, will you let me know? Um, okay. My son's playing receiver. He has a guy sitting in the chair next to him that coached it for 20 years, kind of has a small idea. And so very first play he gets in the game of the night, he's got to block the safety. He comes like trotting off the ball at like five yards and gives the guy like a 15-yard running head start, and he just gets plowed. I'm talking about just plowed. And so he comes on. It's like, hey, I said, will you listen to your dad just for a second? I'm going to help you where you don't get your ass knocked out every time you go out there. <laughs> I was like, you got to close that guy down and don't let him get a running head start. You got leverage on the guy. I said, you got to use it. You can't let him get a running head start. And they just he just looks at me like I got – you know, horns come out my head or something. He will. They will not listen to their parents. If now, I can get Jeff to call him and tell him the same thing. But like, Dad, guess what Jeff told me? Jeff told me if I close <laughs> the guy down, you know, and I, I won't get murked. But I just I don't understand why uh, people don't do that. But that's the thing you're going to see this weekend because they're, they're going to be blocking on the perimeter, not cutting. Because that was the whole point, right? Is if you let him get a running head start at you, he's gone. He'll come back. You let him get a running head start at you, they will. You have to cut them. You have to, and so if you can't cut anymore, you gotta you gotta close the guy down. So, so you're telling me that that Notre Dame's got a better chance of blowing out Navy than they would have a year ago. I just think there's going to be limited things on the perimeter that they can do. They're not going to be able to go, you know, quick pitch it out to perimeter or quick toss. They're going to get they're going to coming downhill in a hurry with those big safeties. All right, yeah, Switch, I think one, go ahead. One of the biggest things too, back to your point about the the running clock now is. You know, you see a lot of people when they're defending the triple is the vast majority of defenses play some form of read and react. Yeah. We're going to be sound. We're going to play dive quarterback pitch. Well, those two to three yard gains, not only now is that going to extend, you know, being fourth and short or whatever, it's going to be that clock's rolling. Well, you're going to see defenses having to be much more aggressive and dictate the pace of the offense um, instead of just being more read and react, uh, a little more passive, you're going to see, you know, it'll be interesting to see Notre Dame, are they going to be in attack mode? You know, because Marcus Freeman has gone against it when he was at Cincinnati. Uh, he played Navy, he played Army as well. Um, so just seeing the multiplicity and maybe a little bit more aggressive uh, defense against them. So you're saying that, Jeff, because they, if in Notre Dame's case, they want to attack because they want to dictate tempo, which means they want to stop, get the football back. They don't want to allow them to drive and drive and drive. That's exactly right. And, it, you know, it's risky, um, but, you know, you got to generate tackles for loss. Uh, you got to, if they do try to, to play action pass, get some pass rush going instead of just sitting there being passive all day. Because if you get Super aggressive, you're not quite as assignment sound, and that leaves you more right. it leaves you more susceptible to a big play. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, both uh both of my experiences going against the triple option, we completely shut down the run. Both teams played Navy and Air Force, 
and they both ended up throwing on us like it was Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. <laughs> Our guy, I mean, it was, it's so frustrating. I'm like, these guys can't throw, and they're throwing for 300-something yards a game. All right, something else I want to talk to you about. Uh, we got the USC Trojans making their debut, mm. um, and they have spent an inordinate amount of time and resources revamping a defense because that's really the only yeah. – th- they got the best player in college football. All right, yep. and so um, – They've struggled on defense. Tell me a little bit about what you know going on out on the left coast. Yeah, and so down here in the man cave, uh, one of my favorite th- there's Pac-12 60, where they cut Pac-12 games down to 60 minutes, and uh, so you can watch the whole thing in a, in a Peloton ride. So I've watched almost every game of Southern Cal, and uh, you're right about the offense. They're they're ridiculous uh, what they do, um, but defensively, they you know, and self admittedly from them. They got a lot of improvements to make if they want to be one of those playoff teams. And, uh, you know, I think they've got three all-conference caliber linebackers, uh, at least two all-conference caliber DBs. And then I think they might have signed three of the best transfer D linemen uh, in the country to come there. So that's got to be a, you know, a huge emphasis for them. Um, And I know that they've, you know, got a lot of pride and they've heard all the, you know, people for the last eight months talking about the defense and, uh, you know, I think they're going to come in there with a little little chip on their shoulder this year. And they've got some some guys up front that can go. It's funny. I heard Brock Heward, who's going to be on Disrupt with his show starting next week. But he was talking the other day about, I know it's the last year for the Pac-12. Pac-4. Well, the last year of the Pac. Yeah, probably the last year of the Pac <laughs> anything. But, I mean, that's got a chance to be a pretty good league this year. There's some good teams in it. Oregon right. State's good. Oregon, Washington, USC, of course. I mean, there's there's some uh, Utah is going to be a, a talented team. I mean, they're they're talented teams in that well, league. A lot of good quarterback play in that league. It's 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 crazy that the Pac-12 is dissolving, but like we're going to be watching it this year, going, wow, that's a pretty good league. And and, and you're going to be like, how, how did they not how did they not figure out how to hold this thing together? <laughs> I was literally telling somebody about this the other day. I was like, the year that I'm all in, like I want to see what Colorado does. I, like I'm generally curious about the experiment going on in Colorado. Sure, like of course. I, like, I want to watch that. Of course. I want to watch Arizona State and Kenny Dillingham. I want to watch Oregon. I love watch, watching Washington State on offense. I love their offensive scheme. Oregon. Oregon UCLA, State's a good team. Chip Kelly's great. Um, you got USC. You got everybody. I mean, it's the whole league is actually Utah. I mean, we can go over and over. The league's actually interesting to the point of you want to watch it, and then they're going away. So, But the uh, I guess the Pac-4 network will be rolling very strong. <laughs> On Saturday night is is if that will be the way you have to watch the USC San Jose State game. It will be on the Pac four network. What do you watch the Pac four the Pac four network on there, Jeff? What's that? What do you watch the Pac four network on? What service do you have where you watch it? Xfinity. Okay, Xfinity. Okay. Yeah, All right. we don't have that. And the nice thing about about being semi tired right now is uh, I'm gonna take some weekends and go watch games in places that I've never seen before. Okay. You know, the open weekend, I'm going to go watch Jim McElwain and the Fighting Chippewas uh, up in East Lansing. And then the next day, uh, East Carolina plays in the big house against Michigan. I've never been to either one of those stadiums. And uh, then I'm going to make a West Coast trip and uh, just see how the season goes from there. Yeah, I, somebody was asking me the other day about going to games and all that stuff. Like, I'm I'm so terrible. I could take my kids and have a lot of fun on the, on the deal. I, I've seen two – I counted them up. I've seen 243 of them from the sideline or the press box or through binoculars, however, which way you want to call them, okay? I, I just – I'd rather watch them – I'd rather watch at the house. Is that bad of me? Uh, it's not bad. I get it 100%. I, 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 there are 
there are about there's a lot of stadiums because I've mostly covered the Southeastern Conference my life. There's a lot of stadiums that I've always wanted to go to. Yeah. That if I had, I think if you told me that I had two or three years that I could just go, I would probably try to find a way to go to some games. I'd love to go to Camp Randall in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to go to a game in yeah. Iowa. I'd love to go to a game in Michigan at Ohio State. I'd love to go to Notre Dame. I'd love to go to the Army. Why not Penn State? I'd like to go to a game at West Point. I'd love to go to a game at, at Annapolis. Yeah. Um, I've been to a USC game. That was cool. It was a cool experience. Um, I covered Auburn USC years and years ago. Um, Here's the. I always wanted to go to Bedlam, Oklahoma, okay. Oklahoma State. Always that was on my short list of games that I want to go see because it just looks crazy. But now it's going to go away. Um, but yeah, I'd the like only, to. I'd like to go to a lot of those. the only part of game day I miss being there. And Jeff, please fill in. You know when you feel like it. But to me, and this is me. There is no drug, no drink, no drug. There's nothing man-made that can give you that feeling that you have. It's the most awesome feeling on the planet is when the head coach is done with his talk and it's time to go to the field. That that 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and if you're on ESPN or CBS, maybe a minute and a half, okay? But that <laughs> walk between when those locker room doors open and you walk from the locker room to the tunnel and you can hear the crowd, but they can't see you, and you know you're about to enter the arena. Yeah. That feeling, that a minute and a half feeling, is a feeling that can never be replicated. And anything I've ever I've tried. LSU put a video out over the last few days, and it was them getting ready to take the field. They were leaving the locker room and making the walk. You know, yeah. and, the, and the walk had a couple of turns to it, and then you realize that they're headed down the – and what you're describing, you can hear the crowd, but you can't see it because the doors are closed. Yeah. And it was badass. I mean, I, I don't know what game it was. It was it was a game from last season, a home game, obviously. But I don't know what game it was, but, man, that was cool. I mean, you could see how, like, when you took the field as as an LSU Tiger getting ready to go on the field, that it was an afternoon game, like, your heart rate would be 300 beats a minute for it, a second. I mean, you just would right. be – the adrenaline that must be coursing through your veins in that moment is incredible. That's the feeling that – you can't replicate. That's the only feeling that I can't miss. I don't. Once you get it, once you go out on the field, it's it's normal. Yeah. But dude, that that's pretty, that's pretty badass, man. When you get you get make that walk, that there's something there, right? Because it's like you just it's like you're fist and get ready to fight a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got this. Yep. If you've ever been in a fight, people know what I'm talking about. When you know it's it's about to go down, and there's no avoiding it. I mean, you can't turn around and go back in the locker room and say you don't want to play. I mean, you're going. You know you're. <laughs> It's fisting to happen. It's fisting to go down. And it's that it's that minute and a half. That's about the only thing that I, that I miss, but you can't replicate it. Call up Nick and be like, hey, Nick, can I, can I roll with you down the tunnel? Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, real quick before we get you out of here. Oh, he's gone. He'll be back in two seconds. I got to figure this out with him. He's the only guest that's ever happened to this. He's got Max South. He's got Max South. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, do you have Max South by any chance? <laughs> What? No. Do you have Max South? Is that okay? okay. I was just checking. No. We got some Max South. We got to send some of these. Now that we got disrupt, we got to send some of those guys over here uh, to figure this yeah, out. We, this doesn't happen. Hey, you're I've the only guest. I've I've been on a show a day for the last two and a half weeks, and I've had you're zero the, issues. You're the only guest that happens with. Maybe, so maybe it's my Max South. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's Max uh, South saying yeah, screw you guys. Yeah. All right, before we get you out of here, before we lose you again. All right, last thing. Yeah. 
We also have a very big game. Big game. Big game this yep. weekend. I heard about this. All right, so. You want to get my juices flowing right now. I mean, Jeff, I'm about to run through a wall. Jeff Collins and Siski's FIU Panthers Quick U clients and Mike McIntyre are going to Ruston, Louisiana. Joe IA Stadium. To take on your Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Yep. Let's go, Jeff. Who you got this weekend? What we're we doing? We got the Bulldogs are well, 10 and a half point favorites. Yeah, I don't know if you can see over my shoulder, but I can move out of the way a little bit. I got my FIU uh, Panthers helmet right there in the background. And uh, one of the, you know, every one of us has some of our favorite players that we've coached at each stop. Uh, one of my favorite players I've ever coached is Anthony Gator. He was number seven for FIU in 2010. Would knock your ass Great out. Player. He, awesome player. Uh, he's now coaching there. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of in, invested in that place. I love it. And uh, so I, I got to go with FIU in this one. We had uh, T.Y. Hilton played there when Jeff was there. Yeah. And yes. and uh, they FIU and Arkansas State was a big rivalry back in the day. So I coached receivers and, and Gator with – he talking about bringing the wood now. What was what was my safety's name too, that the other kid? Jonathan uh, Cyprian. Yeah, Cyprian. Knock, knock you out. I'm talking about yep. – and this is – we didn't – like I was big on – I didn't like to cut. All right, so – I would want to be physical. <laughs> I remember we we were running uh, quarterback power with Applin. Cyprian comes down the hill, down the hill, and I had like a six three, two hundred ten pound receiver goes in there. He just hey, I got. And he's like, "Hey, coach, hey, that's some bullshit." He goes, "I'm fixing to cut him next time because you got my ass knocked out." <laughs> I was like, "All right, you you can you can you can you can go cut him next time because yeah. he dude they they had they were physical. That was awesome." So you got the, you got the Panthers this weekend. Ty Hilton was Ty Hilton was a great player and was a complete pain in the ass every single day, all during the week during practice, having to cover him. But I was his biggest fan on game day because <laughs> that dude could straight ball out. Yeah, he single handedly. He was electric. He was he was unbelievable. I mean, imagine how good he, he was in the Sun Belt, and that was before the Sun Belt is what it is now. And dude, he was just we had him and Jarrell Jernigan in the league at the same time, and it was just. It was it was good. it was it was two pretty good guys. I grew up uh, going to Louisiana Tech games, uh, tons of them. I, I, I bet I've been to a hundred if I've been to one. Um, back when they were in the old Southland Conference with Lamar and and North Texas and uh, McNeese State and Northeast, what's what's now ULM. Don't forget about my boys, Arkansas State, no, Northwestern State, Northwestern State, Forkham Demons. You know how many state fair games I've been to? A bunch. A bunch. Louisiana Tech and Northwestern State played in Shreveport at the. At, at Independent Stadium. That's right, baby. Yeah. Take the church bus over to you know, Shreveport. When, when we were there, they were scared Ride to the play Gravitron, us. go down the big slide, and then go to the football game. Yeah, it was a big deal. They were scared to play this us. This might be the only show talking about this game, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. 100% guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> no question. There's, yep. there's going to be a podcast with one listener talking about this game. All right. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you, brother. You've been the Absolutely. best. We will we will send Max South over to get your technical difficulties fixed right away. <laughs> See you, Jeff. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Bye, brother. Later. That's my guy. He's a stud. I'll be curious to see what kind of crowd tech gets. They don't tech made a big mistake. I've said this a long time. Uh their their biggest mistake was they were too good for the Sun Belt. And now they're in Conference USA or whatever, and and there's no there's no fit there. There's no rivalry there. There's no you you can't force that kind of stuff. And if you put Louisiana Tech in the Sun Belt, where they could play Arkansas State and Southern Miss and South Alabama and those kinds of games, 
they would their people would be more excited about it. They'd be more it, it would have more of a regional feel. And at that level, I think it's one of the reasons the Sun Belt's so good. At that level, football has to be regional. Camera, they want to see your they want to see your beautiful smile. Oh, yeah, my bad. The football has to be regional at that point. It has to be. No, I agree. And that's the whole deal with the conference realignment. It's just gotten stupid. Yeah, so. you can but you can do it at the SEC level, at the Big Ten level. You can have in you know, the inter regional matchups and people are gonna watch. I mean, if Alabama's playing Oklahoma, people are watching. And whether it's a conference game or not, if USC's playing Michigan, whether it's a conference game or not, people are watching that game. But if you're in a level down like that South Alabama Troy game that you and I went to last year in Mobile. Oh, that thing was intense. Yeah, it'd be intense. I this mean, year that too. was that was SEC light. Oh, I got to mention that too, since we're on we're on Disrupt Media. Speaking of the Troy South game, I got a I forgot to call him. My man John Summer allegedly is using our video against against his own alumni. So John, you cannot be using the video that I put out against your own alumni to get uh, bulletin board material. So it's out there. It's floating around. I get it. Inside the group, the coaches' well, I mean, group thread. You're the guy that you went to Troy, you played at Troy, Summerall's your buddy, and you pick South Alabama to be the group of five team in the playoff. I did. I mean, if I'm, but they if I'm John Summerall last year, if I'm John Summerall, that pisses me off. Unbelievable. I mean, I it would, that would upset me. All right. In the interest of time, I'm going to skip around for a second. I do want to tell people, check out Lance's lock. Uh, baseball's in the home stretch. Uh, preseason has started. College football is almost here. If you need help handicapping games, lanceslock.com is the best value. Has consistently won for nine straight documented years. Right now is the best price of the year. It's lanceslock.com. All right. I got, I got really pissed over the weekend. I think it was because I had had a rain on the way to the traveling the other day. Yeah. And I keep hearing these takes, these Alabama takes. And I, I'm a borderline is irritating. Okay. Um, which, for, which takes are you thing, referencing? Because well, well, there's they, lots of Alabama takes. They, they are building. So the first one that just drives me nuts is people in the media trying to analyze his mood. Nick's mood in a press conference. He does seem happy. But that's maybe I'm just that's who I see. I don't he's just being normal. Usually in the media he's not as happy. And, well, that's what he did not seem as happy after Saturday. He looked a little more normal, which is I I read nothing into that other than he was just in coach mode. Like we're reading now reading his mood to dictate like we're getting to that point. It's getting so close to football season mm-hmm. that we have to look at the guys mood in a press conference to think if they're going to win 12 games or win 9 games. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it bothers me. But they're one of those they're one of those teams. That, like we we talked about this the other day. You look at Alabama last year. You can do two different arguments, and both arguments have validity. One argument is you can go, man, you changed two plays, and they're twelve and zero. You changed two plays. They lose two games, two walk off plays by a combined four points, one yeah. field goal, and one two point conversion. Absolutely. So you can absolutely say that. You can then turn around and go, boy. You change a couple of plays and they lose four games. They lose to, I mean, Bryce Young does the the Houdini act on the sack attempt on, Texas. against Texas, and if he, that's a miraculous play, yeah, and he's a superstar. But you know that that tackle gets made what nineteen times out of twenty, and if if that play goes down a normal way, Alabama loses that game. Texas A and M goes for two, 
terrible play call, but they go for two, and had they converted it, that's a win. They, they, they lose that game. So you could say, well, they're this close to eight and four, which is you can make that. That's a valid argument sure. as well. And so, but you, How many teams could you make that argument well, about? Well, tons. Yeah. But my point is but Alabama's an, under the microscope because they've dominated the sport for the better part of two decades. I mean, they've been dominant. They've been the program for the longest time. Georgia's obviously in that category now, but for the longest time, that's who they were. And so when you talked about college football, the first thing you kind of talked about was what Alabama was doing. And so I think there's this sense out there among people that Bama is vulnerable for the first time in a long time. I don't necessarily buy it at all, but that's where it comes from. People go, they could have lost. And so then people start pushing it all further out. They go, hey, Ole Miss had the ball first and 10 at their at Alabama 14 late in the game. If they score, maybe Ole Miss wins. You know, the Arkansas game when Bryce Young went down got kind of squirrely for a little while. Well, Bryce Young's with the Carolina Panthers now, and Nick Saban's not committing to a quarterback. You've got these guys that are there that are different styles of quarterback, and Will Anderson's gone uh, to the NFL, and, and, and I think people look at them from the outside, and it's a hopeful thing. They go, man, I hope their dominance is over. And so they start watching Saban to see if Saban's going to give a hint one way or the other, and that's just where this comes well, from. Well, they can hope in one hand and shit the other one and see which one fills up faster. Because, look, look, they're not going to end – I mean, this is preposterous to me. Like, now, this year, like, in the year of our Lord, 2023, this is the year we're going to say they suck? Well, I the, guy's been there, the guy's been doing this for, what, 15, 16 years now? I don't now? think anybody's saying they suck. I think- oh, there's people out there take, picking 9-3, and 8-4. and four. Y'all have lost your minds. If you think he's going to go 8-4, and 9-3, and three. they have lost their mind. I'm talking about, I've had, I'm not going to out them out there. Okay. But I've had conversations with national writers off camera and stuff mm-hmm. that I that I hung out with in Nashville that are picking, oh, they're going to lose three or four games. Like, what, what sport are you talking about? Are we, are we talking about they're going to lose four games in basketball season next year? Sure. We're not talking – we're talking about football. Like, football. We got the sport that Nick Saban coaches. Now, yeah. this is the year. This is the year. Oh, he's, he's in a good mood. Or, hey, they haven't named a quarterback yet. He's not going to name one. Do you know why he won't name one? Because he doesn't have to. He's the one guy that, like, nobody, I mean, nobody, he, he's nobody go, has to. Look, let me tell you who's going to play in the first game. All of them. Yeah. All of them will. And guess what? Whoever he thinks does best is going to roll out there at September 9th against Texas. That's who's going to roll out there. And guess what happens if they start struggling? He's going to put the other one in. And guess what happens if he struggles? They're going to put another one in. The fact that they haven't named a quarterback should scare the shit out of everybody. Why? Because that means they're all pretty good and they all can get the job done. That should scare everybody. You want to just playing devil's advocate for sure. the sake of being devil's advocate because I agree with you for the record. Because I guarantee they all don't stink. Is it possible that it's just no one has taken the job yet? No. Like all right. So I was with I was there when we had the whole uh, Jake Coker, uh, Blake Sam's deal, right? And he's going to let them play, man. And whoever seems to take the team and be successful, and the thing that he looks for, and the thing that all coaches look for is what guy makes the other 10 players in the huddle better. That's who you're looking for. And guess what? They're both are all going to play, and they'll and it'll work itself out. But he doesn't have to name one because the fact that he hasn't named one should scare everybody because that means he, he thinks this guy can. You know, he didn't go in there last year and go, man, I don't know if uh, Bryce Young, I don't know if he's uh, going to be our guy. No, he named him the starter. Why? Because he was that much better, and it wasn't even a competition. 
the fact that he's got three guys repping and really four repping that, you know, that should scare everybody a little bit because now he can beat you multiple ways. Um, so, but this is not the year that this is going to happen. So they can save that. Um, all right. Last, last take on Alabama. I got to say this, man, this okay. is driving me nuts. Okay. I apologize. I've had my rain, man, Bob, I know you're good friend, Bob, up. I'm going to leave it up to you guys in the chat to fill everybody in when I say crazy stuff. But like Bob is our guy at monster. I've had my rain. It's kicked in. I'm ready to go. All of these takes, because they can't find anything to pick on. All right. Let's, oh, it's the receivers, man. We've got this take. The receivers can't catch the football. We're having drops. Drops, catching the football, drops, drops, drops. Like, Well, no, that was coming. Now, to defend, that was coming from, from people that are inside the program. I mean, that's the in-house media that's, that's doing that talking. I understand. It's terrible. It's, it's, you talking about lazy takes? You like lazy media takes? That's a lazy freaking take. I'm, I don't want to hear nobody talking about, oh, it dropped the ball. Don't be a drop the ball guy. Don't be a drop-the-ball coach. It's one of my pet peeves. I have not talked about this on the podcast. One of my pet peeves in life yep. is when a receiver drops a ball in a game or something, and then somebody goes, catch the ball. Well, no shit. My <laughs> wife doesn't know anything about football. Right. Doesn't know anything. But you know what she does know? He was supposed to catch the ball. I got a great idea. Why don't we teach him how to catch the football? You got to diagnose what the problem is. Every, every drop is different. Was he just out there standing? I bet if you go out there and play catch with a guy in the front yard, he doesn't drop a ball. Okay? It's hard. You have people trying to kill you. Okay? Was it a contested catch? Or were you just standing there in open zone just chilling and dropping the ball? No, there's reasons. Identify what caused it and fix it. I got a news for everybody. The receivers that are playing in Alabama, pretty athletic. They yeah. kind of don't get there without being athletic enough. Right. All right? They'll figure it out. All right, don't they don't need you to be yelling about catching the ball? Hell, they know they're supposed to catch it. How about let's tell let's tell them what they're doing wrong? I'll bet you ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people that say I've talked about drops can't tell you why they dropped the ball. That's what I want to see. I want to say he dropped this ball because hey, was his hands in the wrong position? Do you know what position his hands were supposed to be in, sir? No. How about just leave leave them all? Let the guys go play football. Let them go play football. They'll be all right. I mean, it's like yelling at a guy for shanking, shanking the ball. On the, I mean, Tiger Woods pretty good. All right, he will shank a ball from time to time. All right, don't make it mental. Just let him go play. That September 9th game in Tuscaloosa against Texas, man. That's just, it's got. Uh, I mean, there's a decent chance both whoever loses is still making the playoff, right? But it's got such a. I don't know. I don't know litmus test is the word, but like we're gonna know so much about those two teams after that game. It's what, now, there'll still be a lot of development that will happen. There's a lot of football left after that game, obviously. But, man, like if you told me the football gods dropped in here and said, you get to just go watch a game now. You get to move into the future and watch a game now, and then you get to come back and you can sort of amend predictions and stuff. I think I might go, let me go to, let me be in Alabama. Let me be in Tuscaloosa on September the 9th. I kind of want to see that because there's so much on the flip side of the Alabama teeth gnashing that's out there. There's so much hype starting to get put on Texas by legitimate media people, by legitimate football people. They're going to be good. Like, and, you know, speaking of coaches' um, body language, Sarkeesian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sarkeesian looks confident. Like, I'm really curious to see what this looks like when it comes to fruition. You know, I mean. They- I wanted to see what would have happened last year if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt. Like, how many more 
how many games do they win that they didn't win last year if he's the quarterback? Because yeah. they went through some quarterback struggles once he got out. And he was a freshman, right? So, yeah, and people are talking about the camp that he's having. You know, well, yeah, that, he's, he's that a second-year he player. That he looks terrific, right. I, I, it's one of those games that I'd, it, I think I'd pick it over LSU-Florida State. Because there's a lot of people that are like, man, I want to see that game. I, I want to see it too. But if you told me, if the football gods came and said, hey, we get to let you go fast forward in time, in the time machine, you get to go watch one game, and then you can come back with armed with that knowledge and amend your bets or your picks or whatever. I don't think it would be Florida State LSU. I think it would be Alabama Texas. Yeah, the the thing that's interesting about both of those games, Florida State LSU and Alabama Texas, is the loser's not done. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I like, think in, they're it, all four really good teams. So here's my point: if I watched that game. I got to go forward in time. Yeah. And Alabama won 31 to 27. That wouldn't change what I thought about Texas, but I'd go, I'm all in on Alabama. Because if, if, if they can hold that offense to a point total and then surpass it with their offense, even with all the quarterback stuff, I'm like, oh, look out. Bama's an 11 and one type team. On the flip side, if, if, I, if you sent me forward to watch that game, and Texas just puts up points and points and points, and Alabama can't keep up with them. I don't necessarily think, oh, that's the end for Alabama. The the dynasty's dead. But I go, okay, Texas is real. Yeah, the the thing that always the game within the game is what I kind of like looking at. The thing that always interests me is when you watch Texas. Like Nick has so many former coordinators that he has to go against. That I mean, you know what like. I don't know if fans know this or not, but like when you go out there to practice, you know the schemes that that mess up the coverage, right? You know how to get them in the coverage you want because you go against each other every day. You know the little rat, uh, the patterns that kind of mess them up, what what they struggle covering, passing off things like that, and you know how to get them a little sideways. Well, Sark knows and, that too. And DBs have been going up against the same. Like one of the things you got to be careful with judging practice stuff or scrimmage stuff is that the DBs know what's coming. Yes, I mean you can't help it. Yes, you've they done get it very flat-footed. You've done it every single day. You know the calls. You know the cadence. You have at some points you kind of have a built-in advantage that obviously goes away when you play somebody different. All right, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. Um, did you see Hughes' comments at the press conference on Saturday? I did. He said he has to be the practice jerk. Never heard. I covered Hugh Freeze for six seasons at Ole Miss. I never heard him refer to himself as having to be the practice jerk. I have. That's why I want to talk about it. Okay. I, I, I was probably the last person to hear him say that. First of all, he didn't have to be the practice jerk when I was there. <laughs> there were other jerks. <laughs> Hand-raised guy, you know. No, but he – so when he took over at Arkansas State, and we actually – I mean, we would talk about it. And he would say, hey, look, we would play good cop, bad cop. And we would talk to each other before we went out. Hey, I'm going to be the good guy today. You be the bad guy. Hey, let me be the bad guy. You be the good guy. Whatever. Um, Very important technique in capturing players because you can't be the asshole all the time. You know what I mean? Or the kids will just tune you out. And so he's a master at it, man. He's really good at it. Um, You know, every staff that I've been with him, you just – and I would read him, and then you get to a point you're around him so much, you don't have to, like – you don't have to talk about it. I can tell his mood when he comes out whether I need to be the good guy or the bad guy. I can tell when he comes out. He's either got a mean on when he comes out or he's a little bit laid back, relaxed, and then you just flip the script and then play the other other side. So Here's what he means. That's what I was going to ask. All right, and it's it's more about 
being a little harder on the details and the and the small things because look, it's a it's like football is a game about execution, right? Small things add up to big things. So if you're not finishing, if you're not playing with the right intensity, if the it's not about the effort as much as it is the strain. Okay, those are two different things. All right, effort is I'm running around the whole time. Strain is at the point of attack. Are you pushing to your max, right? Yep. And you, especially when you're starting a new program at a new school, you have to get that out. You much rather tell them to slow down than giddy up. It's a lot easier to tell them to whoa, whoa, whoa than it is to giddy up, if that makes sense. That's what we always used to say. Sure. So, um, but I think he was just – it was his turn this week to be the be the bad guy, and it comes from the top. And when it comes from the top, it feeds down. Those kids – you know he's been the arm around the you know arm around the hug net guy. When he flips the script, it keeps keeps kids balanced. You keep their attention. You know you got to be. It wasn't that. You know the coaches were not. Coaches weren't being mean enough at practice this week. Yeah, they're still getting that. But you, he has to mix it up to improve his communication. Right, that's just what he does. He'll continue to do that. And you'll know the longer you're with the guy, you you kind of know when he comes out if he's got a mean on or not. You don't even have to ask him anymore. So he's got a different set of expectations than his predecessor. It's not a knock on Harson. I'm just, they're different people. So they're going to run programs differently. Uh, Hugh's going to want guys to practice a certain way. He's going to want guys to approach things a certain way. He's going to, as the season gets closer, he's going to want the buy-in to be. Yeah, it's time now. Yeah. Well, you all, I mean, the, if you're not Mm -hmm. bought in now, you're, I mean, it's time. It's time to go. It's it's you know. I think he mentioned. I, I watched. The, I actually watched the interview. I think he said it. He said it's the it's time for to stop talking about we used to do this or we used to do that. Right. It's about it's we're together now. You know. It's a it's a one unit uh, pushing forward. Um. And then here's the other thing. It's like Coach Saban is very you know all talks about the process, 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 process. Sure. Right. And Hugh actually teaches it. He just doesn't call it the process. Right. The whole point of what Hugh's really good at doing with kids, and sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to remind Hugh this too, he always says, play the next play. You've probably heard that 10,000 times covering him, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what happens on that play, each play has a life of its own. Okay, You have to completely mentally flush what just happened and move forward to the next play like it's the first play of the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. That's so much easier said than done. Of course, it's almost it's almost impossible to do because it's you have very, immature kids. Yeah, of that, course, that are out there having to do it. Sometimes you have to remind Hugh he would he would get he would get mad. He got mad at me for not subbing one game, but um, hey, next play, play next play, play next play, and so you ha- that's a that's a process. And once teams do that and can play each play like it's a life of their own, that's when they're that's when they're good. So, all right, um, we'll switch gears right here, and then we'll get out of here. Okay, you good with that? Sure. All right. Week zero is officially here. Yeah. The games actually mean something this weekend. Um, and to give everybody kind of an idea of what we'll do is we're going to ha- we'll have three shows a week. We'll do Monday, uh, Tuesday, and Thursday. Monday will be usually a recap and recap slash preview of the, of the weekend. Tuesday will be continued recap preview and then NFL, big NFL, because we want to get through the Monday night game. Um, talk about NFL. Then Thursday we will do a preview in the betting. Yep. Where Neil is going to agree to get shot by tasers. Not getting shot by a taser. In the eyeballs. Nope. No taser in the eyeball? No taser anywhere. Okay. I, I did see a video this weekend of Bill Goldberg getting tased. That's how he lost his first match. But anyway, um, you don't know who Bill Goldberg is, do the you? The wrestler. Look at you. Yeah, I know wrestling. Wrestling, not wrestling. Come we on. call it wrestling. I grew up in North Louisiana. Wrestling. I grew up all kidding aside. You watch, we would watch the wrestling from uh, Shreveport in the morning. <laughs> yes. 
And then uh, and then we'd watch on WTBS the wrestling from Atlanta. That was what I grew up on. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. So you got NWA. The 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 morning was like Cowboy Bill Watts, <laughs> and the Junkyard Dog. Uh, the assassin number one, the assassin number two. Okay, got numbers on them. Yeah, there was always to get a mask off. There's de- unmask the assassin. Laser leave town match. And they would always get super close to getting the mask off right as the show ended. And you're like, come on, what what happened? Yeah, cut, and then it ended. Cut the break. And um, and then like Paul Orndorff at the time, he was in Shreveport. Yeah. And then he ended up being a big big deal, time, yeah. big deal. Um. Yeah, big cat Ernie Ladd. I'm trying to think who all was. No wonder my parents realized quickly. You know what? We thought he was going to be really smart and grow up to be an attorney, and nope, he's into wrestling. And then at night, <laughs> it's like uh, Nikita Koloff and Ivan oh, yeah. Khrushchev versus the. Remember that, that that they had that big tag team thing against Kevin Sullivan and. Uh, what about the Bushwhackers? They were they were that was my that was my jam. I'm you know the Bushwhackers? No, they were a little. Past we had my all, time. we had the original Four Horsemen with Ric Flair, Arn Anderson. Billy Blanchard, we had we had some good ones. So my grandmother, the fabulous Freebirds, hell yeah, okay. I remember that. The uh, the Rock and Roll Express, God rest her soul, my nanny Joe. We'd be at her house in Weaver, Alabama. So if you know where Weaver, Alabama is, you got you're good at geography. <laughs> and she would watch it on Saturday, and it comes on like five or six or something Saturday afternoon, you know. Yeah. And it was it was a TBS version, you know, where Ric Flair, you know, when he was young and young and brave. Um, and she was, I mean, she's my grandmother and she would, she's a hundred percent convinced it was real and she was in it <laughs> Yeah. and it wasn't wrestling. It was what times wrestling come on. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what I grew up. We with. would go to my grandparents in Monroe <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I can remember so you had mid South on yours. Yeah. We had mid South in, in Ruston. And if you were in Monroe, you probably didn't get the Shreveport channels. The Midnight Express. Yeah, Midnight yes. Express. Yes, sir. Yes, let's go, Larry. Yeah. Let's go, Larry. They, King uh, Kong Bundy. I love it. But I can remember getting almost kind of antsy like because you, you'd go over there and you didn't know whether you'd get to watch the wrestling or whether you'd be stuck watching the Lawrence Welk show and Hee Haw. Hee Haw. That was what I was about to say. Hee Haw, man. Yeah, Hee Haw's oh, rough. You're killing me. You're killing me with Hee Haw. You're killing me. Because there's one TV, and I was the remote control. Yeah, well. <laughs> hey, yeah. get up and go turn the channel. <laughs> but but after a while, we, we would go over there, and we got to watch the wrestling. We would we get into that, oh, yeah. into the Atlanta wrestling. It's good stuff. I remember when Teddy Atlas broke his arm. My little brother was so upset. Cried. Yeah, they put him in the Russian sickle, oh. and they finally just snapped, <laughs> man. It was more than he could handle. <laughs> See, that was the original. That was the original sting. Yeah. Oh, Ryan's in here. He said sax. See, like, like, look, Ryan's over here talking noise about sax. So I can't say anything about sax because all my other kinfolk live in sax. So, Ryan, I can't really say anything. Yep. The Kilgores, that's there in sax yep. all about. Yep. Sax is not, a, it's like a community. It's not even a town. Now it's like, now they're, they're big time now. You know, they got their own. If you would have told me when I was growing up, like Fort McClellan was in our town, right? Okay. Well, it closed. Like, Aniston was the big city. It was a bunch of communities. Now Aniston's like 2A high school. I mean, they've gone from like one of the biggest, literally in the late 80s, Aniston was one of the biggest school, 1989 state champs, 6A state champs, was one of the biggest schools. And now it's, it's small. Now Sachs and all these other schools have gotten bigger. Jacksonville. All right. So week zero yep. is here. Yep. Um, we got Notre Dame and Navy. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it on Thursday. We'll talk about gambling stuff. I've already made my picks. Okay. I've already placed my wagers. Uh, but – 
the thing that I'm interested in on this one is a little bit we talked about with Jeff. The triple option with the new clock. Like, you can bleed some time, and they, they already bleed time. And they're here's the, here's the deal. When you get a first down, they would wait to set the chains. Well, when you're a tempo offense, you're running between 8 to 10 seconds off before they start the clock. When you're, you know, a rolling ball of butcher knives and you're in a big old huddle, it's going to take them a little bit of time to set the chains and stuff. I think the triple option teams that it's third and one and they're running, you know, belly or some kind of trap with the, with the uh, B-back or the guy behind the quarterback, they're going to run more clock than normal. And you're talking about really shortening a game. You better get your – I think this is on NBC. NBC better get all their commercials in as soon as they can get them oh, in. Oh, they will. Those That's, commercial breaks. I'm so interested. I'm so interested. Those commercial breaks are going to go from three minutes to four and a half. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to lose my mind. I, I can't wait to actually see what happens. This game's <laughs> going to be really short. The over-under is at 50 and a half. So, I'm, I'm trying it out this week. I'm going to see what happens. Okay. But I think that game goes fast. Game number two that I'm all in is my Jacksonville State Gamecocks, hometown, Rich Rodriguez, your, big your, fan of the show, my your, buddy. Your boy, Rich Rod. My yep. boy, Rich Rod. Yep. First Conference USA game, mm-hmm. playing UTEP at home. Um, so I'm all in on that. I think so in Jackson, It's in Jacksonville? It's in Jacksonville. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm excited about that. This is a game I would probably go to if I was going home this weekend. Uh, my mother will be now calling me to tell me to come home and go to the game. Uh, but love, uh, I'm excited about there. I think he's got a good team. Uh, second year. I look for them to do, you know, they're bumping up from FCS to, to FBS, but he's got a really good roster and he's been planning for this from the day he got there. So his roster building, they actually did not go to the playoffs last year. So he could go straight to, he could work his way up to 85 scholarships. So he's been planning for this. I'm excited to see. So I was going to ask, does he have the depth? He does. To play one of these games? Okay. Yeah, he does. He's, he's, he did not, they didn't go to the playoffs last year. They went ahead and took the hit so they could get the scholarships in. Uh, Hawaii at Vandy. Yeah. Uh, I Commodores, are, Commodores I think, are 16.5-point favorites. That's what I got them at. I actually kind of like uh, this line. I like I like Vandy minus the points. I think they're going to roll Hawaii. I do, too. Um, I'm taking Vandy. We'll talk about Thursday, but I'm, I will, I'll am I'll be in on that game because I want to watch. I'm a big fan of A.J., the quarterback, and think he can do things. Uh, San Jose at USC, much like what we just talked about uh, with Jeff, my, my interest more is in the def- from a coaching standpoint is watching defensive schemes, see how they're marrying it up because I know they've put in a lot of work this offseason and if they can play defense and actually get some stops and then the other part i want to see is lincoln is one of those coaches we talked about a couple weeks ago with oklahoma with tennessee with these new clock rules that nobody's talking about he's going to be a little bit more intentional with his possessions and so seeing does that change the way he does he go fast the whole time now maybe he does with against san jose state because he figured he can get some stops but i'm going to be interested to see that and then the last one we talked about it is going to change like these temp- tempo teams. I mean, you you only. I guess even if anything, maybe do you even go faster because you're trying to create more opportunities? I don't think so. I just think you got to be more intentional with your possessions. I mean, I, I think somebody like uh, Gus is going to do a little bit better than he's done the last couple of years offensively. Gus was kind of the first one that started when, when tempo was out rolling. He would never go fast until he got a first down. Now, the problem is, is you knew exactly what he was going to do, right? So you could play – you could go out there and at first three downs, you knew you were getting slow Gus, all right? And then the very, very first time he got a first down, you knew he was going to go really fast. So yeah. you had a call and you were prepped for it. That was the deal. Yeah. But he's always been a little bit more intentional. Probably, I don't know, probably the last five or six years, been a little bit more uh, intentional with his possessions. I think that's what helped Hugh when he went to Liberty. 
Hughes gotten a lot more intentional in his possessions. Hughes started leaning on the running game a little bit more instead of trying to play fast. And that's always a hard part, in my opinion, when offensive coaches get head coaching jobs is they don't care what the defense does. They say, hey, here's the defense, y'all stop them. And they just want to score as many points as they can. You have to learn as a head coach, you have to learn how to play the game. Yeah. And I think he's done a better job of that. So, And last one I'd like to talk about, our good friend Mike McIntyre is going. Um, they're playing uh, at La Tech. They are 10.5-point underdogs at La Tech. And, look, Mike's been doing a good job uh, roster building. He's yeah. in the, he's, he can hit a seven iron and hit 800 players out of his backyard. Um, I'm excited to see how they do year two. They got better as the year went on last year. Um, I've and, heard some positive buzz on Louisiana Tech this preseason. Yeah, I'm curious. I know they lost some players to the portal, but they got some players out of the portal. Um, I've, I've heard a little positivity about them. I'm with you. I know we're going to talk about this as we finish. I wish there were more of these games in week zero, although I will say this. What do we do? Like, the temperatures, if you played a game where we are right now well, in, in North Mississippi. Next week too. But not as much. I mean, you – Yeah, I'm with you. But you don't know that when you schedule you, it. You don't. Well, but you can pretty much bank the last weekend of August is going to be brutal in the South. And so I get why people are like, no, let's not do it. The NFL doesn't do it. They don't play till you know, a right. week after Labor Day. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't – look, it's football. I'm not going to complain about it. Good. We get to watch Notre Dame Navy. It's fine. I'll turn it on. Uh, FIU, Louisiana, Texas, late game. We'll watch that. Yeah. You know, you'd see football. You know what's coming next week. So I'm, it's, it's not like it's some big deal, but you wouldn't mind a few more of the kind of exhibition. Yeah. I mean, the, the, we got the, the rules neutral set, site things. So that, the rules are set up for it. Are you, do you know the, do the fans know the rules? Have you talked about it before? It has something to do with playing Hawaii. And uh, All right. So if you play Hawaii, yeah. you can play a week zero game. If you play an FCS team, you can play a uh, week zero game. And any any international game, and then if network TV, if national, if you're going to be a national televised game, they they will grant the waiver. That's the rules. So you're telling me that we can't get so like my favorite two week one games, real week one games. Why can't we get Florida and freaking Utah on Saturday night yeah. or Saturday afternoon, right? Why can't we get LSU Florida State on Saturday night? Prime time, man. God, like, do you know how much the ratings numbers. will be? They, they Week would be, zero? They would be massive. And coaches would be all for it. Because it builds in a second open day? It gives you another open day. Yeah. That, coaches will be lining up to play. So, like, next year, Alabama Because your go, team's ready to play at this yeah. point of camp. Because the, the whole the whole preseason camp thing. Well, you start earlier anyway, yeah. right? Well, and you practiced all yeah. summer. Let's the, be real. The getting ready to play stuff. But, like, if we're playing these big games, these big non-conference games, so like the games that are in the George Dome or whatever, it's Mer- uh, uh, Mercedes, whatever it's called, Ben's Field now, yeah. the games in Jerry World, these pre- these week one games that you're doing big non-conference games, man, let's put them on week zero. Man, they would be all for it. What SEC coach wouldn't be lined up for an extra bye week? I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they kind of all would want to yeah, play. Yeah, that'd be great. And so you can get these really good matchups. But let's put them on week zero and the ratings, like I said, the Florida Utah, who would would you watch it? Yes. Would you watch LSU Florida State? I, I mean, mean everybody, I'm, I'm going to watch, watch it anyway, anyway right? Yeah, of course. And so let's get these games on week zero, and and let's drive the ratings up. That's what that's what makes sport great. And I and look, I'm going to watch them anyway because they're my buddies. But like if Mike if Mike McIntyre wasn't in FIU, I probably wouldn't watch them. That's why I'm watching that game because my friend is the head coach. Sure, I get it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm only watching. Now, I'd watch Jacksonville State because that's my hometown. But I'm only watching that game because I grew up in Ruston. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And I'm not watching that whole game. I mean, there's no way. I'll, there's other things that'll be on. Hey, maybe that's part of it too. Is that you just don't want? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd have to think about it. Also, it doesn't matter because next weekend's going to roll around and everybody's going to be so pumped and it won't matter. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. It's um, this is this is just kind of a free week. Yeah, no, it's good. Austin said, Tyler, do you think an SEC school will play overseas like the Big Ten? I don't think they have to. Um, I think Notre Dame is fighting the, the Irish thing, and they're going to play in Dublin and all that stuff. I, I don't I don't see an SEC team. I could be wrong, but I don't see an SEC team would, would go overseas. I don't think they have to. Do you? Uh, I don't know. The publicity would be kind of cool, depending on what kind of game you're playing, where you're playing, where your program is. I could see Vanderbilt doing it. Yeah, somebody like that. They went to Hawaii, right? They're playing yeah. Big Zero, but um, but no, I think it's going to be. I think it'll be good. I'm I'm excited to, that we actually have games that actually mean something. Um, so I'm I'm ready for that. And I'm, like I said, I think uh, from a games perspective, I think it's awesome to have a. Although I, I will probably be the only one interested, I'm really glued into this Navy Notre Dame game from a clock perspective to see how much that changes the game. No, I think a lot of people will. It's you know, it's, number one, it's two big brands, one massive brand in, in Notre Dame. And then it, it, that's a rivalry game that's been close before. And yeah, people want to see how the rule changes are going to be different. Like what does the game feel like? It's like early in the baseball season, people were watching the pitch clock. Yeah. You know, everybody was bitching about it at first. And now for the most part, everybody loves it. I suspect people will love this too. I mean, look, the truth is, and, and you know, this, they had to do something. There were too many college games that were going 345, 350. And if you're the TV people, you're like, this is this is this is ridiculous. And yeah, you don't notice it if it's 33 to 32 and it's some dramatic game. But if it's 31 to 13 and the game's taking three hours and 45 minutes, the TV people are losing their minds and they are footing the bill and they needed to shorten the game. They needed to make the game faster and It'll be curious to see whether this does the trick. CBS was the worst. The two thirty CBS still, game still is, dude. I don't know what it was. I felt like golly. the TV breaks were four minutes. It was brutal. Those games went four hours. Oh my gosh, so brutal, man. Two thirty CBS games from a coaching standpoint is terrible. It's terrible. So that's all I got today, boss. All right, so we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, I've figured out what I did wrong early. Um, Anyway, we'll be back. Uh, we are scheduled to be on time at two o'clock yeah. with the music and the countdown. So we all were you guys set up. That, I thought. I thought, man, we were we were so prepared. So all you guys that missed the music today, we will be jamming with cowbells tomorrow. So bring your cowbells out. Yep. Bring your rain. It's good stuff. Speaking, Get your mind right. Speaking of, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, three hundred milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. So check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. Thanks to everyone in the stream. Thanks to Jeff Collins for his time on the show today. Talk to you tomorrow.